This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI. I'm Alex Smythe. Bus drivers in Hamilton are on strike as a union and city work on a new deal. This transit strike has had a real impact on those who rely on the services to get around the city. Emily Shavers is one of those people. She uses the system regularly to commute to school. She's the founder of True Faces and is here now to share more. Hello, Emily. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm good. That's great to hear. So this strike has been going on for about a week now. How impactful has the strike been on you? Well, I mean, needless to say, it's it's like having your independence stripped away when we're talking about removing transit for um, somebody like myself who's visually impaired and quite literally can't drive. You know, now we're relying on services like Uber or um, walking. And I know uh, some of the recommendations have been like, oh, like, see if you can bike to work. It's really great for yourself. Well, you know, I can't bike independently. So kind of looking at what are those different options. So um, a lot of a lot of the people have been thinking about like getting to classes, um, which is definitely an issue, but also thinking about things like going to get groceries. It's out of my walking range. I'm not going to walk back with my jugs of milk in my hand. So like, what is that looking like for people? Well, and that's so important because it's beyond just that you mentioned that commuting to class, that's one one element, one aspect of it. But if you're you're living in, in Hamilton, you're 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 on your own or you're you're living with housemates, you gotta get all those essentials like groceries, like food, and, and the bus system really is a lifeline, especially on the Hamilton Mountain area where things are a bit more spread out. So what alternatives have you been using? You mentioned walking, you mentioned Uber, are those kind of the two key ones that are are you're relying on during this time? Absolutely. I'm lucky enough that I'm about a 20 minute walk from campus. So I have been able to use that method of transportation. However, it's also getting cold and my classes are in the evening. So sometimes walking home at 830 at night, you know, I'm bundled with my hat, my scarf, my mittens. Um, and it can definitely take a toll. Um, it's a lot different than walking during a, a nice sunny day like it is today. Um, and then also, yeah, Uber. Um, I you know, also want to engage in recreational activities. Mm -hmm. I had a birthday on the weekend and I went to go see the Eras tour movie. Uh, it was great, by the way. But yeah, I had to take an Uber there because, again, those buses aren't running. Um, and uh, another option to this, um, the accessible transit is supposedly still running. But as somebody who uses the regular bus system, um, I haven't had to use this disability transit service before. And the application process for it is long which is good you're reading out the people who maybe don't need it um but it means that you can't quickly access it in the event of this strike yeah it's not something that it can be a, a quick substitute if you you haven't engaged with it in the past um mm -hmm. in in terms of the city and, and the the school itself what would you like to see them do to make this time a bit of an easier adjustment period for for all students, because it's not just you that's being impacted. It's going to be uh, any student who who relies on public transit, which is going to be most students go, attending Mohawk College. What would you like to see 
the city or school offer up as an alternative or, or ways to help ease the burden during this time? My class was definitely looking pretty light yesterday and, uh, you know, I didn't have to wait in line to get dinner um, in the cafeteria. So uh, it's definitely looking a little light on campus. And, you know, we just came out of a pandemic where everybody was at home anyways. So let's start. I would love to see some of those skills start to be implemented. So um, moving classes to an online format if they can be done um, so that students can still have access to those materials and that full kind of lecture style rather than just maybe looking at the PowerPoint, um, but still have that kind of in-depth explanation about it. Um, I've seen some people sharing offers for carpooling and ride sharing, and that's great as well. Um, but how are those interactions being facilitated? Obviously, people are picking up their friends, but <laughs> we've talked on here before about what happens when you don't have all of these friends who have maybe your, your friends are also taking public transit and and what is that looking like? So um, I think moving things back to an online for kind of a temporary fix um, is, is probably the best solution for a lot of people. Absolutely. So sticking within the world of transit, you also took a solo trip to Toronto recently. How did you get into the city? Absolutely. So before everything went haywire, um, yeah, I took the GO train actually from West Harbor GO Station to Union Station for the first time uh, ever. And so what was that experience uh, like? Like take us through through that journey with, with the different forms of transit and, and how you felt during that journey on, the, on doing it all solo. Well, uh, the stress was definitely in place. It was very nerve-wracking. Um, typically, if I was to do something like this, I would do orientation and mobility training beforehand, have uh, a like sighted staff person um, come with me and, and kind of teach me the different ways. But um, due to the short time frame of when this trip came up, um, I didn't have that opportunity. So all of a sudden I knew I was going to Toronto. I knew I was going by myself and, you know, the nerves were kicking in. I've taken the GO train, um, but I don't typically take it to Union because that's the kind of biggest, busiest uh, and most intimidating spot nonetheless. But um, I, this is where I had to get off and I knew I had to do it and it was an event worth going to. So I, I braved it. Um, now, <laughs> while Union was also a very familiar and busy space, uh, so was West Harbor GO. It's somewhere I've never been before. Um, and not to mention that the uh, website and the in-person train times never match and you never actually know uh, when it's coming. So I arrived there in the <laughs> pitch black of the morning, you know, uh, as we are in now and um, took it into Union. And, you know, I really allowed myself to have a lot of time during this trip, really planning ahead to make sure that when I got off at Union, I wasn't like, I didn't need to be at my venue in the next five minutes. Like I gave myself about 20 minutes of time to um, get off my train, take a moment. Where am I? It's really great that in union, you can follow all of the people, but sometimes if you follow all of the people, um, you stop paying attention to those other things around you that are going to be cues for especially getting back on a train to go home. Mm. Um, that was kind of the, the more nerve wracking part of like, okay, I can get off a train at union. I can follow the people. The people are going out the doors. People are going to work. Like that's kind of <laughs> the easier part. Um, but it's coming back into Union, finding a train, and then being able to find that platform that the train was on. So I really learned that uh, I relying on those different technologies that I have in my life uh, to be able to problem solve. You know, when the train times don't match what was presented on the website or um, looking at a screen and being able to use magnification on my phone to kind of zoom in and look at when are the different train times, what stops are they at. 
um, and and being able to ask people around me as well, uh, <laughs> the little bit of social anxiety that comes up with that, but um, learned a lot about myself and kind of what I was able to achieve um, in getting on these, getting on and off these trains because like, yay, I did it. Um, but I also, I also learned a lot about my, my problem solving skills and uh, kind of a real sense of accomplishment afterwards. Oh, absolutely. Like as someone who has taken that train many times into Union Station, especially during those rush hour mornings where it is at its busiest, it can be very easy to navigate with all the hordes of people who are making their way out the doors. But <laughs> as you say, too, you can also get very lost in the shuffle. You get disoriented. I, I found any time that I would travel without a white cane and I, I would just practice more uh, kind of I guess defensive walking for lack of a better term, <laughs> avoiding people and, and being going a bit slower. I had more success, but if I took out my white cane and used that to help navigate, it, it was like an attracting uh, kind of beam of light or something for, for other people. I would get bumped <laughs> into all the time. I don't know why. It's, it's something about it that it just somehow subconsciously attracts people to come and walk in, into you. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that that didn't happen for you and that you were able to kind of utilize some of the technology in, in the tools that you were already aware of to help navigate. What did you learn for next time when you do take that trip again to Toronto? What skills and what what are you going to do to better set yourself up for that journey? I think the biggest things I learned were, A, to give myself lots of time mm -hmm. to kind of get things done. Like, it's so much worse when you feel rushed. Um, but also uh, that, like, I... <laughs> As a person with anxiety, you know, you you're, you start to spiral. You think of all of the things that could possibly go wrong and to understand that you're you're never going to be able to predict everything. I could not have predicted probably at least half of the things that happened on this trip and the way things were going to go between downtown construction, uh, trying to trying to find the, like going in through the CIBC square instead of the Union Station terminal. Like what are all these different things that are going to come up and these different challenges that are going to present themselves? I'm never going to be able to think of all of them. But being able to think of the skills that I have to be able to like take away in those experiences, knowing that like if you get stuck in a st sticky situation, like you can ask somebody, you can use your magnification software, you can get on the next train because you are in no rush to get home. Like if you miss this one and just thinking of all of the potential solutions um, really is what kind of grounded me in this experience. Do, do you recommend that people kind of challenge themselves like you did with taking the solo uh, trip and just uh, really kind of push themselves a bit out of that comfort zone because you clearly went out of your comfort zone to do this. Do you think it's important to sometimes challenge yourself every once in a while? Absolutely. The amount of um, gratitude and appreciation for myself I had after this trip and being able to say like you did that like I think I called my mom on the way home and I was like I did it I got on the trip like I was so proud of myself when I did it um, regardless of like the stress that I encountered um, and I think it was a really good experience to remind myself that I can do those things and push myself and and the feeling I got from that you know you have the stress in the moment but it it ultimately helps you grow and kind of develop along the way. Absolutely. Emily, thank you so much for, for sharing your, uh, your your journey into Toronto. I'm glad to hear that it was successful, that you, you navigated and, and you come away with a greater appreciation uh, for yourself. Have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you. That was Emily Shaver. She is the founder of True Faces and she's currently studying at Mohawk College in Hamilton, Ontario. Coming up after the break, what does it mean to speak up for yourself and self-advocate? 
Anu Paula shares her insight into the subject. You're watching Now with Dave Brown on AMI. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.